Jason Burmese with a nice haircut. The old man like your beard. Union of the Unwanted back December 4th, 2023. Ricky, take it away and throw it to Jason so he can start uh, ranting. Yeah, what's up, everybody? Thanks for being with us for another Union of the Unwanted where we bring researchers, podcasters, and people from all over the world together to debate and figure out the issues of the world. And uh, and today is no different, but before we get into that, I'll, remember to go into show description if you're watching or listening to the Ripple Effect, or not the Ripple Effect, sorry, wrong <laughs> show, the Union of the Unwanted, uh, then go into show description because you can find links to the Ripple Effect and also links to all our guests. So everybody that you hear on the show, we always put links to their websites and their shows. So if you want to learn more about the people who join us on these discussions, definitely check out the show description. And like uh, I remind you guys, but apparently there's listeners who uh, who forget, you can get the audio everywhere. So it's not just Rockfin. It's not just Odyssey where you can find the videos, but you can find the audio everywhere. And you can also find a link tree in the show description if you want to get merch or whatever. Uh, so do all that. And then we'll, uh, and we do these, we attempt to do them. We've been kind of a, a little bit busy and a little bit lazy and probably a little bit of both, but we try to do them every other Monday. So make sure you follow us on social media. So, and then you can get updated when a new episode is released or when a new episode is coming. So, uh, and I know Jason, uh, who is always high energy, it wants, it has a couple of things he wants to, you know, just kind of spark the conversation <laughs> with. So, uh, let us know what you've been up to because if somebody's a listener of the Union of the Unwanted and not, uh, a subscriber to your show, they might be wondering, where has Jason been? So you want to fill us in on what's been going on in your life? Yeah, man. Like you, so I've been super busy the last, I don't know, almost two years now. Um, I, I'm actually going to be speaking again in Tulare, California over the Reawaken America tour. Uh, mostly talk transhumanism, uh, the musker nuts and things like that. But as far as what I've been up to is I've been running a morning show for over a year, uh, over at RVM, uh, Red Voice Media. And, you know, they gave me carte blanche. You know, I started doing like a once a week thing and they were like, hey, we want to take this further. Um, and so we did four days a week, uh, two hours a day. And they were running a 12 and a half or I'm, I'm sorry, an 11 and a half hour thing twice. So basically 23 hours a day, but almost 12 hours of original content. And I, and I, I was being paid. And anybody who knows me knows I've been in this for a very long time. I'm not in it for the money. Uh, but a paid gig is a very rare thing, especially when, you know, there might be strings attached. Now, along this journey, I also got a second show. I still got this one. We'll get into what happened to RVM in, in a second. Uh, but I'm on AMP News as well and making sense of the madness. And in contrast, just to be in contrast of alternative media and what it's really about, and who lets you do things and the other things that come with it. I'm, I'm not knocking AMP News at all. I want to make that extremely clear because what they just did for me today is unbelievable. Uh, but I had Alan Dershowitz scheduled for the third time, actually, uh, for tomorrow. I'm just giving this as an example. Now, I'm not trying to shit on the network. They like Dershowitz. They're more of a conservative theme. Uh, he was going to come on. And, and by the way, he also was involved in the Assange legal team. Obviously, there's the Epstein stuff. But the first time I had him on, he walked out after my first sentence. 
I'm just going to say that there's a walked off the air. Uh, I call them a notorious, like the most notorious lawyer of our generation, which he is. Uh, I don't know that there's a more notorious guy that's still around, but he walked off and he was supposed to come on a second time. And I was geared up and ready to do it. And we were going to talk about Trump and his book um, because I do agree with him on the fact that they're wrongfully putting Trump there. And that was fine. Now, he was rescheduled for that same thing tomorrow morning. I found out Alan Dershowitz wanted to talk about, and quote, and this is not me saying it, the quote that I now got was the war on the Jews. Now, I'm not here to take any kind of a religious stance or political stance against Alan Dershowitz when it comes to the quote-unquote war on the Jews. I know that's not going to turn out well. Uh, I obviously have different opinions of what's going on in Israel, Gaza, Palestine. I'm a peace guy. I, I, I know. So I immediately, when I saw that was the topic, I was like, listen, guys, you need to find another host for this one. Uh, I'm not going to do you any favors. And, and instead, they actually did the right thing. And, and anything would have been the right thing. It's their network, right? But instead, they let me schedule Stuart J. Hooper, who I highly respect, who's about to get his PhD, and we're going to talk about the Middle East. And that's awesome. But with RVM, I could have probably kept that interview with Dershowitz and just went hog wild, right? <laughs> Not pissed off anybody, just gone in for the throat. And that's the difference, man. You don't get those opportunities unless you're 100% independent. And RVM gave me that. So I got the call last Monday while I was recording my AMP News show. And, and again, we've been doing this a year I've got the premium going. You know, I do great interviews with all sorts of people. Kurt Metzger ends up being my last premium. I love Metzger. Uh, Co-host of Jimmy Dore, funny guy. And basically he says, look, couldn't get the sponsors. I had to let 14 people go. And Ray Dietrich is somebody I highly respect. Very emotional on the phone. Uh, straight with me this entire time. And it just shows you how hard it is to actually make it in alternative media when you're not towing the line. Now, I just want to point this out. When Red Voice Media, and this isn't a shit on Stu Peters, he speaks to the Reawaken America tour, but when they had Stu Peters on the network, and Stu has said some things that are easily debunkable, I'm not, again, no disrespect, but stuff that was hot at the time, that went super viral, um, again, I, I want more voices out there, I'm not trying to take them out, but that's the stuff that sells, and they wanted to get away from that, and instead they bring a guy like me in, and other people that are just down the line and not into the the hottest thing and football players dying on the field and clones and all the bullshit that comes with like the Q and nonsense crowd, right? And they can't make it. Now in the beginning when they're on Twitter, for example, right, which is not a free speech platform, sorry everybody. They're able to get some traction, but as soon as it's clear that this isn't an ultra mega channel, that this isn't one way or the other, all of a sudden your shadow ban they got Linda Ucarano or whatever the fuck her name is, excuse my French, as as the, the outward CEO. It's a bad joke. So, you know, another thing is I'm super sympathetic right now to Jones and, and InfoWars. You know, say what you want about InfoWars, and I have, and everybody should. They're a large media outlet. Alex Jones has not gotten it right all the time. But boy, do I want them there. You know, and boy, do I think it's ludicrous on any free speech issue, even if you defamed people and got it wrong, to be hit with a $1.5 billion fine. It might it might as well be a trillion fucking dollars, right? I mean, that's where we're at. So let's look at the landscape after this. 
What is the landscape? The Daily Wire? I mean, I've got more respect for the Gateway Pundit than most, but, you know, I've talked to Joe and uh, several times interviewed him, and they're unapologetically Trump. And there are times you need to say, hey, wait, that's not the correct way. But, you know, when I have a conversation with Joe about the, the Middle East and what's going on and why I'm upset, at least he'll listen. You know, and at least he'll allow that voice. But that's that's not something that's going to be amplified on the Gateway Pundit, whether I like it or not. So what's left? I, and now I'm opening it up. I mean, seriously, what is left in constructive alternative media that can put boots on the ground? I mean, we've got basically the divide between Project Veritas and OMG. And yes, they do great things. Uh, but how amplified does that get in this arena when it's not just about left and right? But so this, I'll say it again. What's left? Go ahead, Ricky. I was just going to say, but this is why uh, it's so important for people to support independent content creators, because the only reason you're even contemplating working for somebody else that might have, you know, a conflicting opinion or worldview or philosophy is because you you can't do it independently or you think it'd be more beneficial to go work for somebody else because you're struggling independently. It's like support independent thinkers and researchers because and then you know that like whatever they're putting out there, the only person that has to be okay with it is that independent content creator that you're supporting. And it doesn't take a lot. Like we all have, I say it in my intro sometimes, like we all you know we get thousands and thousands of downloads like if one percent if less than one percent donated as you know a dollar you know 99 cents whatever it may be like you can you you can help somebody constantly create content that you're enjoying because obviously if you're downloading it every week every episode you're enjoying it it's like it's it doesn't take that much and it's it's kind of like a uh, a church right like everybody donates a little bit and they support the church right it's like same thing like support a podcast or a content creator it's you know com- the community should be willing and wanting to support people that are putting out opinions that sometimes even conflict with others that they agree well- because just like with that church analogy, Ricky, it, it's the the whole medium is oversaturated with disco preachers and poverty pimps, and they're the loudest and flashiest, and they distract everybody and they bring them on it. And if you want to hear the real word, if you want to hear the real message, you got to do a lot of digging and you got to go through a lot of snakeskin shoes, and it's a a, a journey for for a lot of people. Yeah, the, my the, biggest the, issue isn't even the money, though. Or, or, or right. uh, here's here's the problem for me. I think on the macro, the biggest issue is narrative management and control. Because not first of all, not everybody lives their life online, right? I, I mean, we are we are honestly a, a minority amongst the general masses. That doesn't mean they don't scroll through Facebook or they don't get their news there, but they're not in this information or culture war on either side. They're just kind of around, and they hear it on the peripheral. Well, now there is no peripheral. That's the problem when you can't pierce the mainstream anywhere. They'll just say, well, those are those MAGA heads over at Truth Social or Getter or Gab, or they're just the leftists that watch MSNBC, et cetera. If there's nothing out there that's somewhat organized that people can find on these general platforms right or it's it's even marginalized on on say twitter is the free speech one again uh i was given this analogy off air but trump's the ex-president and he happens to be leading in every poll type his name into 
in, into Twitter right now. See what see how long you have to go down before you get a video of Trump talking himself. See how long that video is. This is the new live streaming platform where apparently you can go as long as you want, right? You can put up videos as long as you want. And now nothing Trump is going viral. I mean, guys like, uh, I can't even remember what the count, Count Dankula, I remember that. They were going super mega viral with memes. Now they just go viral on Truth Social? I mean, come on. It's not reality, right? They were all Russian bots? Give me a break. Like, this is ridiculous. So now, now we're in a bad spot because... They're also putting people in jail. They're not just using lawfare to take out their businesses. They're, whether you like Trump or not, he goes to prison, everybody. I hate to tell you, America's fucking over. It's over. Listen, I don't know what happens after, but it's over. Jason, <laughs> I want to um, I want to say something about what you're saying, because here's the unique part about you. And a lot of people don't know this. Two and a half years ago, you and I were in Oklahoma. You didn't know any of these people. They all listened to you. They had never heard what you said. They've never heard Sam. They never heard Charlie. They never heard anyone on this podcast that they should know. And you changed everything in that world. Okay. I saw all these people want what you had. They knew that you were giving out information that they had never heard that was important for people to know. They wanted you to come into their world. You entered their world. You found their world. They gave you a platform. You have more more understanding of the landscape than anyone else out there right now on both sides in the middle because you've seen it all and i think that you are in a unique position to answer your own question more than almost anyone else so if we are all coming together to realize that there is no uh union of the unwanted channel which there should be uh, I have to say, I watched you, at, you know, we were at, like at a live band. You came down. You were like, I don't know who these people are. I'm going to check them out. And you did. And you were embraced. And people really, really felt like, oh, my God. And I've said this to Charlie Robinson and other people on this on this podcast and elsewhere. There are a lot more people that want the information that everyone on this on this screen right now is giving out. And they don't even know some of you, you exist. So all I'm saying is. What you're saying, Jason, is very frustrating, but it's frustrating because you saw underneath the hood. You you saw what's going on. You saw that all the way right and all the way left, they're cults. They're, they, it, 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 you can't believe me. I've been expelled from multiple cults already. What I'm telling you right <laughs> now is that what you've learned, Jason, from <clears throat> this experience over the last two years is what we all need to kind of put into action. I, I'm just saying you have your own answers. Yeah, I, 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 this is always a battle for how do you reach a lot of people. And I, I've said this before, and people think I'm a crazy person. Like, we're on the same spectrum uh, as North Korea and America, but we're, we're, they treat us differently. They, they, they drowned us in comfort. There's so much comfort here. They, we have everything at our fingertips that the real-world consequences – aren't going to affect people until they absolutely have to affect them. That's it. So, so I, I personally believe, okay. I personally believe people are waking up more than ever, you know, but again, everything is like the, 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 the least, the path of least resistance. And the question has to get to, you know, we could build a thousand different sites and have a thousand different people, you know, wanting to voice it. But, you know, right now, YouTube, right now, these other places are are where people go for their information. So we have to figure out how to play that game 
to get connected to them and to be able to reach the average person. You know, the thing about Tim Fall Hat, and it is what it is, and everybody can say a lot of great things or a lot of negative things. It depends on, you know, who you are and what you are and all that stuff. But the biggest thing I ever tried to do is just make it easily digestible. I, You know, I opened up with it as the training wheels to conspiracies, the shallow end of the pool. So that then people who listen to my show can go on to Jason Berman's show and have a, a an understanding of what he's talking about. And a lot of you guys, I, I, I bring up all you guys all the time, the America guys and all that, that, you know, that's what my show's purpose is, is to be the really digestible things. And we do we do some some, you know, deeper stuff, but it's really about how can I make it so that they could listen to it. It is a battle. I mean, on Instagram, I am shadow banned to the, I mean, like I used to get 5 million views when they gave me back my thing. Now I'm down to, I get like 90,000 from 5 million to 90,000. And all I want to do is get to humanity. I, I, I just think the key is like, how do you make the information digestible for the average idiot? And I'm sorry, guys. I, I, I know there could be a lot of bit hanging our heads that we're losing this battle. I think we're winning the battle. I really do because I see people like people like I'm friends with personally that may seem like really out there people, the, the lot of people that might listen to our stuff. But someone like Whitney Cummings is now talking conspiracies. Joe Rogan's been talking about it forever. You know, Chris Stefano talking about like you're seeing it everywhere now. And that's a great thing because they can't shut us all down. I don't know. That's just my opinion. I think we are winning the battle. Now, how do we get them to go to the more fringe stuff? I, we got to make it the most easily digestible. I don't I don't know if I have that answer. Monica? Thankfully, the war in the Middle East right now is confirming a vast number of conspiracy theories about a particular section of people. So it shouldn't be that difficult going forward. I think that the... Uh, what you said about North Korea and people waking up and what's in the news right now is actually the path to changing this because I actually believe that our legacy of free press, which we probably all believed in at one point, is the problem. So if you went over to Russia or whatever, they don't believe their fresh, their press is free. And that's going to be, that's a legacy. It's going to take forever to get over or a long time, not forever. And I think a good analogy is like truth in advertising laws is why people believe ads. If they didn't have truth in advertising laws, we wouldn't believe ads. So once these things, these myths start breaking down before people's eyes, I think you might have like a watershed moment. And, and I, I agree with everybody because I think Sam's right. I think Mel's right. I mean, I think people are, there are people out there who are looking for this information and want this information. That's why for a long time, YouTube, you could find documentaries about just about everything and anything. I remember when I first started podcasting, all my research on the guests I was having on, or most of the time I'd found out about them because of YouTube. I'd find a documentary or a good researcher or historian or whatever. And, uh, and then, you know, that because they assumed the only people who were looking at that info or wanted that info, like it was a minority of the population. And then slowly and slowly, that minority became bigger and bigger. And they're like, oh, wow, we can't keep this information out there. There's a lot of people looking for it. And it's having an impact on the way they look at the world. And I do think we're winning. But in a, in a way, we also that's why the censorship issue is such a huge issue. And, you know, because 
if people want that information, where do they get it? Most people don't even know that there's alternative platforms. People don't even know where to start, you know? And I, I saw during COVID, I would have conversations with family members or close friends about, you know, this is what's really going on, or there's people having adverse reactions or, you know, whatever it may be. And, um, and then they would go after the conversation to go research some of the things I would uh, refer to and they couldn't find it. They'd say I was crazy. And I'm like, okay, let me send you the links. And, but that's, uh, what would happen with a lot of people that was their own personal experiences where they might dip their toe in a conspiracy like you know what maybe maybe i should re uh rethink uh my my stance on vaccines and then they go to research it and they're like no everybody says that vaccines don't cause autism and you know and and that's just where you know the information that they find so it they understand and i when i say they i say big tech government whoever it may be that's controlling the narrative they understand that we're only as good as the information we have access to and as long as they keep controlling that information they control us zines i i, I noticed like a lot of times i go to uh, farmers markets and the uh, zines those old punk rock zines you'd get in the late 80s early 90s they're they're back and uh that might be a way in which we can uh, reach an audience that wouldn't otherwise know how to find a uh, particular podcast or a YouTube video. Uh, a lot of times it is just providing them a shovel to dig their own rabbit hole to go down. And that might be a good la- launching pad, but it's uh, you gotta, you gotta come up with a, a concise message. Uh, you gotta have to come, come up with something that really draws them in. Teach what's going on with your audio. You're like, there's something ba- like bounce back going on. Did you try to plug yeah. in that goddamn microphone again? I know it's crazy, guys, but I'm talking to people about just blowing up my email list and going direct to that and just emailing people links because, you know, I'm an insane human being and I do seven podcasts, which I'm going to be ending a bunch of them soon. But don't don't you dare. Don't you dare. Sam Tripoli, let me just say this. So, I, you know, just to go back to what you were saying, I, I get more texts from actual friends of mine that I've grown up. And I know you're upstate New York, Cortland guy, but I get texts from my Oneonic. I got one this week. Hey, man, I was just listening to uh, Tinfoil Hat, and I just came across the episode, last episode you did with them. I just wanted to give you a shout-out. It's been too long, blah, 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 blah. That happens at least three times a year, Sam. So Me too. Me too. Yeah. 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 Well, I, I you're doing God's you. work, brother. You got to do 46 podcasts. I'm That's all I'm saying. Out of my mouth. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Means a lot. Yeah, Sam just nice. gave us like one of our best episodes of the year the other day. It was good. Good to have this guy. Pitfall hat will stay. I mean, but I, anyways, the point is, is like I have to figure out new ways to reach these, reach everybody because. No matter, I like I played nice for a while. It does not matter. Uh, you know, it's like on YouTube. Like I have a show with a very big name comic named Brian Callen. I love him. Everyone thinks he's a crazy person in our world. He's got the best heart in the world. Is he? Is he retarded on some stuff? Yes, he is. But he has a giant heart, and he's a big comic. I don't get any more views with my show than I do when I just do my own show. They have set my number at 12,000 on YouTube. And it, and when people look at that from the outside, I it may, it, they think I just, nobody follows me. It's like hilarious to me. And 
I would love for Rumble to blow up. I know there's always going to be issues at Rumble, or there's going to be any any alternative uh, venue or like platform is always going to have its issues. But I would love that. But you know, my kids they love YouTube. I wish I could be like, go check out Rumble instead. Yeah. The, the, you know, but they love YouTube and they're growing up on YouTube. They're not watching this linear shit anymore with the television. So. I mean, I get what everybody's struggles is. I get it. I get it. I get it. I don't know how we get people. I mean, I just think we just got to figure out new marketing schemes to get to people because people are open-minded to what we're saying. I feel more and more. They're always going to be idiots that will just emotionally stay with their, their beliefs in the state because they don't want to admit they're wrong. So now at this point, they're just like, no. I'm not going to listen to you. And it's just like, it's very hard to reach those people. But I think there's more and more people open up to what we're saying right now than ever. The key is how do we get them to listen? I agree. We were, uh, we were conspiracies were trending on X in Canada today. I mean, everybody's talking about conspiracies. Every I've only been on X for a few months now, but there's so many people in the freedom movement in Canada and America, actually. They just seem to be all over X now. Most of them with a few thousand followers, but it seems to be everywhere. Like, I don't know if you guys know what the algorithms are like on replies, like on comments, but all these mainstream news news uh, sites in Canada, like CTV and CBC, they post stuff. And it's just, everybody's just pushing back. Everybody's pushing back. There's nobody, I, I don't see anybody on their side. I think we're winning. The last few weeks have been amazing. I mean, Disney's collapsing. All kinds of woke shit is happening. Elon told the advertisers to go fuck themselves. I do agree that X is not free speech, but it does seem to be where everybody, where to reach the normal crowd, even with the UFOs, people that they, that are afraid to talk about contact experiences can just go on there and see the plethora of people talking about their UFO experiences. Like this is awakening a whole new group of people because they can just, they can just, you know, scout around on there without sort of, you know, putting their, their foot in the water and see what's going on. It's only a matter of time. I need I to think, promote yeah. my, my brand new show on TNT radio. And I want to thank Jason Burmis for being my guest on Friday because I really needed somebody to, to close out the week strong. And he brought it. If you guys are interested, tntradio.live is the place to find it. Um, Monday through Friday now, 2 p.m. Eastern, and um, you can watch it at, at tntradio.live, or you can watch it on on YouTube. I, I, don't, I don't know how, uh, given the given that I have not been told that I need to censor anything, so that I can. There have been no limitations put on my speech at all by anybody in any way, so I am free to speak about the things that I want to and I appreciate the fuck out of that. I really, really do. You know, because I wouldn't do it. If they made me say you can't talk about this, you can't talk I wouldn't do it. And they never said that. And I appreciate that. So listen, for what it's worth, I mean I'm obviously biased now because I'm working for them, but for what it's worth, consider checking them out, maybe adding them to your media smorgasbord you know what i mean just add it and maybe check in and listen Charlie, they're do live they have... streaming it now on video that's why my background looks different that's why my lights are different my camera's different they they set me up because they want it to look legit because this do information have... is really important and left they want and to... right 
Is it I'm like sorry? ideologically on one side? Is it all libertarian? Because no, I really feel like that's the most important thing is to cross those silos. There's actually there's actually real debate between, in particular, the Middle East. There there's some people that are very much on this camp, and Do and they some have people calls? very much on the other, and they're allowed to exist, and they're allowed to have those little disagreements. And the management says, "Let's just see it play out. Let's just have it be real." I are mean, there callers? There can be, yeah. Some shows, some because shows take is- callers. It runs twenty four seven. It started off as radio, but now it's video, and it's streaming, and that's the thing. And so they said, "We want this." information this important information to look important we don't want it to be cheapened so you know here's some stuff and they set me up and it's like you know okay i I can work with this this is this is this is good no no restrictions on what i can say and you want me to look better so that the information is taken seriously (laughs) and you'll pay me sign me up but I Let's feel like it. that format is what, and it goes to what Graham was saying too, that I, when Elon was like, what I interpreted it as he's going, like he's considering because he has fuck you money, which is why he said fuck, 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 like fuck you. He has fuck you money, which nobody else has. So when he's allowed to blow himself up and bring that platform down, it will be a lesson to other people that you better create a safe space for advertisers or this will happen to you. And I thought, well, they're happy to blow up X because it is that place that people have crossover. So what Graham was saying, the the biggest risk I think now, the thing to be afraid of is the silos, because I have read that, you know, even I think Alfred McCoy, maybe one of his books, I believe he was the author who said, I I had all this information. I wanted to publish it all. The CIA censored it. And they said, you don't have to not publish it. You just can't publish both of these things in the same book. You cannot help put the dots next to each other for people to connect. And you can see that there are those silos and X is one place where if I want to start a little fight, get a little debate going, I can do that. I can find out what the other side is thinking. And the same thing with radio that has different voices on it and has calls like you can have 24 seven so that people are listening to one show. They slide into the next show. They don't agree with you. They're looking for a fight. I think maybe Twitter spaces might be a place for that too. And I feel like that's, that's something that we should really think about as a way to break through, not only just to get normies to listen to fringy ideas, but to cross those silos. Let me just say this. There's a couple, first of all, awesome, Charlie. I think that's great. I know a lot Thank of people you, Jason, on t- for coming yeah. on. Thank you so much for coming on. I really want, I, it was important for me to have some, some people that knew their shit in the first week and you were there for me and i really appreciate it so well thank i know you. a few so other hosts steve there, and so brother. was steve and so was steve as well yeah i'm just saying i know a few other hosts there and you're right there are differing opinions and i love that they're doing this and they're taking it to video and i hope they don't get censored two things first of all x i'm sorry guys it's just not real okay uh let me just give you like two small examples uh of of just ridiculous shadow banning censorship i had dinesh d'souza on i think the week that police state the new film came out he's got like a half a million to like maybe maybe he might even have two million okay followers i I couldn't i'm not looking at it right now it's it's incredible he retweeted the episode we did together with all those followers we i didn't get a hundred retweets on that okay i had andrew uh g huff on okay laying down truth bombs the, the week Peter Daszak 
gave closed door testimony about Wuhan, Eco Health, all just happened. No one reported on it behind closed doors a month and a half ago. I had him talk about the Department of Energy for the first time and how they're into bioengineering. He retweet can't get 25 retweets with a guy with 150,000 followers. Okay. I've got 37,000 of my own. So that's an imagination land. Fuck Elon Musk and his fuck Disney. Hey guys, hate to tell you, Disney's going absolutely nowhere. They own everything. What are we high? Like they own Star Wars. They own the Simpsons. They own the UFC basically in America with their partnership in ESPN that is doing incredible numbers. They're projecting a serial rapist as the new hero of free speech in Ireland. What fucking planet are we living on? Like they're going absolutely nowhere. Okay. I don't know what's going to happen with Twitter, but I, I guarantee the mouse and the ears are sticking around in every respect and only on they're the cia like if, if people haven't put it together yet that they are the original trojan horse civilian system that supersedes platforms and networks and everything else because they own them all now like it's over like Disney's going nowhere. They're propping Musk up as some anti-hero because he sits there and curses in front of Sorkin, one of the worst uh, mainstream stooges out there. And everybody's like, I mean, if I could get that kind of react, I mean, he's guys, he's launching SpaceX satellites like monthly. What are we talking about? Does anybody actually believe he stopped Russian attacks by not Putting on the Defense Department's own satellite system, like that's why, retard why level won't, shit. That's why won't retard level let, shit. <laughs> why won't you just let people have a hero, Jason? They just <laughs> want a hero. They don't care that he wants to put a brain chip in people. They don't care that he's a defense contractor. They don't care that he's got fucking massive lawsuits against Tesla for all kinds of nefarious shit. They don't care about any of that, dude. They just want a fucking hero and they want him to look cool and they want him to say the F word. Yeah, he wears people. a leather jacket and he does it. You're right. And he's it's like not about that, fucking clay now. It's not about that, though. It, it seems to be the only place where both sides of normal people are gathering. Besides 30% bots. Besides, like, it, besides like 30% bots. But there's nowhere else. Where else Where else can you have these discussions, right? I know it's all censored. I know it's still bad, but... Well, let me say this. You can't. And, and let me give you another great example that Tripoli just brought up. Number Thank one, you. the the, uh, the direct email thing is the thing. Like, let's look at Rockfin from like an actual independent perspective if we lived in a free, uh, in a free speech world. I wanted to ask you about that too, so I'm glad I, you're I, talking. Well, about here it is. I, I didn't want to bring it up, but well, I'm bringing it up. Yeah, no. <laughs> okay. Brilliant idea for a platform gets in on the quote unquote decentralized tokenized cryptocurrency market like no other platform can. Uh, may be clunky, but at the same time has the same basic search engine as Rumble, which sucks nuts and has Peter Thiel behind it. Now, here's the difference. You can't find Rockfin anywhere. You know why you can't find Rockfin anywhere? It's banned on Google. It's banned on Facebook. If they're, you could pay all the money you want in advertising for that. It's, it's going out to me and you guys and the people that are already subscribed and nobody else. There is no traction. I feel bad for those guys. And at the same time, you know, the halving just happened. So that restricts creators uh, income by about half right now. 
Um, the, the market has been super volatile on that coin because people realize they're shadow banned. They're parlor, bro. I hate to say it like that, but parlor had to go out of business and, and props at least to the parlor executive going on Fox News and acknowledging that there's been a Faustian bargain at the very minimum between big tech and our defense department and the censorship angels and the Pentagon on what's allowed. And that that is the narrative management problem as we move into this AI superverse, because they're going to just start saying AI is it. Anytime it goes outside of the algorithm, they're going to try to memory memory hole that. And they're going to start prosecuting people on top of restricting them via their social credit score if they get the chance. I mean, like I said, man, the next 12 months, uh, less than 12 months, should be super interesting because I really do believe if they put Trump in prison and I'm no, I'm not, I'm no MAGA guy, you know, I, I'll say fuck Donnie T all day too. Like he, he's not perfect. He's still telling people that like, like the Syria attack happened, you know, he's on the side of Israel gets to do whatever it wants. Those are big problems, right? But for what they're trying to put him in prison for, it's over, man. They put him in jail. They could stage whatever they want. They could suspend elections. Uh, they could crash the currency because people are going to be pissed. Did you see what the Senate Judiciary Committee was doing just the other day where Dick Durbin wouldn't let anybody, wouldn't let people speak, and then they just did a fucking roll call? It was like watching this weird, fucking surreal, like, this is what will happen in an authoritarian society, you know, like, from the 1950s. Yeah. It was like RFK Jr., like when they when they were just like, let's let's not let this guy speak anymore. And, you know, I, something to bring up. And I think it's it's also on point is, yeah, George Santos, terrible fucking human being. But at the same time, got elected in Long Island where there are a ton of terrible human beings. I mean, if you want a congressman that's going to represent an area for what they are, you want George fucking Santos. They okay? were like, I don't know. He's led the drag queen thing. Maybe if we didn't have found out about that. Come on, how, I just how, like that. How many honesty, leather daddies are there that are undercover? Bear I just some. like his his honesty about how dishonesty is. I mean, I like I agree. That's what I love. I, I, I like why are we getting rid of this guy? <clears throat> well, well, that's the thing, Sam. That's my point. As bad as a human as he is, there's the judicial process. You don't just get to throw somebody out of the fucking Congress. He got elected. He hasn't been convicted of anything yet. Now, once that happens, then there's a process. But we're setting an unprecedented uh, process. Now, you just get to get rid of whoever you want. And Ramaswamy's the only guy that's talking about that. It's like, yeah, is he a shitbag? More than likely. But at the same time, once you set the precedent that he's a bad guy and because he's a bad guy, we get to get rid of you. You get to get rid of anybody. Okay, just like Yeah. Listen, something else happened that's really scary, too. I'm sure you guys all saw this. That Burl Howe, that, that, that judge... She decided that Donald Trump can be uh, prosecuted by civilians for anything he did when he was president, removed immunity from being, uh, you know, charged with crimes. And I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, okay, Obama, Bush, Bush, Clinton, like, so now we're going to have a free for all and anyone can go after any president for any decision that they made in office. I mean, campaign. This is we all are dealing is. with the total collapse of the judiciary department completely. I think they're out of listen. Uh, I, the day I think there's no hope 
there will be no Tim Fall hat, and I will be finding some land in the middle of nowhere with big guns, trying to figure out if I can farm or not. I can barely make cooked spaghetti right now, but I'll figure that out. <laughs> move in right. with me. Yeah, I'll move in with you, bro, down the street. And so my whole thing is like, I, I get it, dude. Listen, I get, I get everything. It seems like a lot of doom and gloom, and because there is doom and gloom. But I also, I just have this spiritual thing going on that and maybe at the end of the day that won't work out, but it just seems like there's rules to the universe. And either you're you're closer to God or you get farther from God. That's just my opinion. And I just feel like these people aren't bigger than God and bigger than the universe and bigger than high vibrational, low vibrational. And maybe, you know, Lucifer is in charge of this this thing and this is why it's so chaotic. But I when I do higher vibrational things, my life seems to get better. It's not perfect. I understand that. And they I think they're out of uh I think they've played every hand they could fucking play. And I think they have tried to do certain things to because everything to me is a manifestation ritual. They're always trying to manifest to us to have no hope and that it you know, if they had it their way, we would be in the war with Iran, straight in war. They had it their way, we'd be straight involved with Ukraine. We you know, the whole the whole Federal Reserve situation, which is, you know, if I hear another person fucking say that I, you know, I'm tired of my, my tax dollars going to Ukraine. Your tax dollars aren't going to Ukraine. Your tax dollars are paying off the debt, <laughs> the, the interest to the fake money they're printing that goes to Raytheon and goes to all of these fucking military industrial complex companies that then send the weapons to those places. Some of the money goes and it's all fake money that's printed up. So what's really going on is they want us so dumb that we can't participate in our government. But I do believe until I've shown uh, different, different that th these people aren't above the laws of the universe. And that's just my opinion. And I think what's happened is like for the first time ever, we, we see their, their game plan in real time. We see what they're doing in real time. And they always have one last play. They play that, then that play's done to me. But again, we could I could be in a fucking camp with you guys within a year. You know, we could all be like, well, I guess I guess I was fucking wrong about that, huh? I mean, fuck, bro. I mean, this the black Sam. pill is is a powerful weapon. The black pill is I don't I'll never be. Again, if I go black right. pill shows done, call today. Listen, People listen. call me black pilled all the time and I get so fucking pissed. I'm like, you're not listening to a single thing I'm saying then. I'm giving you the information and then I'm telling you, one, it doesn't have to be this way. Two, there's a ton of people that have already been putting their heads together to come up with massively creative and effective solutions for how we can get ourselves fucking out of it. We've already done this shit all before anyway. We just have to remember and we have to stop fucking pretending that bitch tits Bill Gates and his fucking goons are going to win. And you well, have I'll to start this. with yourself for sure. Yes. Like, that's the thing. I'm not a victim, man. I'm going to be victorious no matter what. And uh, I just know that bad things happen to good people. And a, a lot of people that have bad things happen to them on this macro level because of the things going on around them are just ignorant. You know, they're not dumb. They're not, uh, they're not, not well-meaning people, right? There are a lot of people who are our friends and our loved ones. They just don't know what's really going on. Right. They don't know what DARPA is. 
They, I mean, literally, they don't know what the acronym means. They don't know what the Department of Energy is. They don't know why that's important. You, t- you go, uh, go into, I guarantee you go into Times Square right now and you ask not a hundred, but a thousand people about the Department of Energy and what they, they've done and whether or not they've ever done anything bad. I'll bet you anybody, if they say anything bad, it'll be about policy or energy. Not, oh, yeah, they ran radiological and biological experiments on human beings for decades without their knowledge. I mean, it won't be that, right? They don't know. So to me, you know, I think that, first of all, I- I'm with you, Sam. I think there is a balance in the universe. I think good and evil absolutely exist. I don't like to get into, like, the religious aspects of it. Um, but lies don't make friends, and love is the ultimate truth. Truth is the ultimate love. So I, I feel like there's always going to be a space. I don't think they're going to be able to eradicate us as humanity. And whether or not this country survives, who knows? And, and look, you know, some people made it through Japan and Hiroshima and Nagasaki and, and all these terrible things, right? But we got to acknowledge those things happened, and they happened indiscriminately amongst the good and the bad. And we're in a real bad spot right now. I don't know what comes next, but e- even the slight bit of the eviscerated constitutional republic we had, again, I can't say it enough, goes by the wayside in 2024 if they put that guy in prison and we either get another uh zombie presidency or worse the american psycho himself gavin newsom well now that's never going to happen and i I would do want to say from my own uh vantage point not only do i think that they've never been so close to the great reset and agenda 2030 and the one world government i also believe they've never been so far from it and the truth of the matter is the whole world is waking up. I have people on from all over the world. I just had an MP from Romania. I'm having a guy from Scotland on. I'm having another guy. Let me tell you something. We are far outweighing them. I think that our voices are getting out. I think that they do matter. I think that we are being gaslit to think that they don't get out. And the truth is, I believe right now that we are in a the next 12 months, I believe, will be unifying for the nation. And I I disagree with with uh, that. It's not going to be. We are going to go through such craziness and chaos and people are going to be able to see what happened here. We have a globalist billionaire oligarchy that has taken over this nation and the world. They are the Fourth Reich. We should have killed them after World War Two when we didn't. And the truth of the matter is that they have no allegiance to any nation. They have no allegiance to any people. They do not care about humanity. All they care about is winning and control. And the truth of the matter is they just had their stupid cop conference 28. And they're talking about transferring all of our money and all of our power to them to fix the world. And I think the whole world right now is like, no, fuck you. You know, I really do think. I agree. That we are way, way, way past the point. I do think we're winning. They are going to put Trump and try to put Trump in prison. It's not going to happen. And I'll tell you right now, because I, I do happen to be in this world. As much as you may or may not like Donald Trump, I can tell you right now, he is equal to all of us. Because right now, all he gives a crap about is that his grandchildren grow up in America that he believes it should be. And he believes that if that doesn't if he, if this doesn't turn around that his children and grandchildren, especially grandchildren, will grow up in a communist, ugly, dystopian Venezuela. And so right now, he's. why would he run again? Why does he care? The truth of the matter is, I, I feel like we're all either you are on the side of sovereignty, freedom, America, and, and our founding, or you are a globalist. Because after 2024, if we don't take back this country and every single American citizen stand up for freedom, 
We're going to be globalist citizens in a Hunger Games world. And and that we just got to keep pushing it out there that this isn't about left or right, Republican to Democrat. It's not about your stupid oppressed class. It is about the end of our sovereignty as a nation. And and I think a lot of people get it. I really do. And, and it's going to keep getting worse. And they're going to keep pulling cards. And every card they pull is going to just draw people closer together. That's That's what I think. So that's... I I agree with her 100%. I've never brought up the vet like to just random people that you know that I'm talking to small talk we're talking about whatever current events whatever it may be and then mentioned that my kids are unvaccinated with and now the the reaction is much different than it was 5 six years ago like now people are like oh really why you know or and then you get into some but before it was like you know they think you're crazy they they absolutely think you're insane people are much more open to what was fringe topics are now not fringe anymore you bring up 9-11 people don't get upset like they used to i mean maybe a little bit is because people aren't as emotionally attached it's in the past um and and now people can kind of start looking at it more logically instead of emotionally and uh but it does seem like people are much more open to these conversations and much more willing and and eager at times and and something that mel said that was i think absolutely true too i think you know the, the thing about the trump thing that i think is a little frustrating at times is that Defending his right to be on Twitter when he was banned, defending Alex Jones's right to be on all the platforms when he was banned is not defending that specific person and everything that they stand for. It's defending their right to just be there. And too often you will defend, you know, uh, uh, free speech. People will automatically assume that you're defending everything that that person who's being banned stands for. I, I just had a discussion at my kid's soccer practice about uh, Tommy Robinson. He, you guys might know him from the UK or whatnot. Guy's been banned everywhere. And, uh, and he's an idiot. I don't agree with anything he says. And, but like, uh, I constantly, you know, I, I, I would, I was telling this person, I'm like, listen, I'm like, but banning him when he got banned, I'm like, it only made me want to research him more because I'm like, why don't, why, why is everybody so anti this guy? Same thing with Andrew Tate. I used to get people who listen to my show be like, hey, you should get Andrew Tate on. I'm like, who the hell is Andrew Tate? And I'm like, and why do I care what he has to say? And, uh, and th- but once he got banned and censored, all of a sudden I'm like, hey, maybe I should look into this guy that everybody keeps uh, recommending. Not because he he had anything really intelligent to say, or I thought that he you know he he would, he would spark some thought provoking conversation, but because he got censored. But and but my point is like censoring is never good, and and a lot of times it becomes counterproductive because it almost seems like you create a victim, you know, and like oh now it's like why is this guy being censored? And, and instead of like just saying you know what let's just do what we've always done, like let's debate the issues, let's have conversations, let every voice be heard, and then let the good ideas you know stay afloat, and let's filter out the bad ideas. You have to defend the worst ideas. Because the minute you allow them to take out things you don't like, you know who learned that? The pro, the pro-choice people. When they got set up and they thought that you didn't have the right to, to decide whether you take a vaccine or not, and they all sold us out. Then when it came back to what they cared about, they got, they, they were fucked. They were fucked. And that's just the way it is. And you have to, you know, the ACLU back, when it actually did good work way back in the day, there was a time where it seemed like they were only defending pedophiles. And I, you know, everyone's like, why are you guys defend these people? I'm like, cause you have to defend the worst of the worst at that moment. You have to apply the law 
to people you hate and despise and want dead because the minute you are willing to look the other way on that, they're going to turn around and use it on you. And it, you don't, and you can think, oh man, well, I'm not doing, that's the worst thing. Well, I don't do anything wrong. I'm not afraid of it. Well, what was MK, MK, what was Martin Luther King doing? What was Frank Sinatra doing? What were all these guys doing that the FBI was spying on them? It doesn't fucking matter. If you, if you're okay with them doing it to someone else, I remember that. I forget what his name is. Andy Nog or whatever his name is. Like one day he was celebrating that Europe froze the accounts on, um, uh, like a, a big oil, a anti big oil group. They froze their, their assets. And I'm like, hold on. Like we, we were so upset when they did it to the truckers in Canada as they, as we should be. But now we're okay with them doing it against people just because we don't like them. The minute you allow that to happen is the minute they're going to turn around and do it to you. Once you set the precedent that's okay for some, it will be okay for you. You have to want people to be on the internet. You have to want people to be able to voice con- ideas that you don't like. To run them off isn't mean, does that mean you're winning? It actually is a sign you're losing. If you have an idea that you really believe in, you should be able to defend it against all criticism. And you have to be consistent too. You have to be consistent across the board. That's the key because if you if you just say, "Oh, well, it's okay if the people I hate do it," uh, you know, if it, oh, I don't care if they go to prison for that, but like you should really no. You've got to support even the side that you don't like. You have to if, if you're going to support it at all, then you have to be fair about it because because otherwise you just you look partisan or you look like you're you've got a dog in the fight and and I, if to the extent that you can take the emotion out of it too like why am i am i being made to feel a certain way about this stuff you know so so I, i've i've my relationship with the news has changed so much from just you know really just kind of talking to all of you guys over the years i i i hear it i i hear it differently i read it differently it's like deciphering a code. It's like sources close to the Pentagon's <laughs> thinking said, and you go, what the fuck does that mean? That means jack shit, you know? So what you, Sebastian so Maskelko? We, what is that we, shit? <laughs> we, we've, had to, we've had to get better about, you know, r- recognizing the disinformation over the last... 12 plus years of the Smith Modernization Act when when they've really started a weaponized campaign of information against us. So it's amazing we get anything right with it, you know, as the as complicated as they can get with us. So I just think the opposite I have, I, I, have a, I have a question for everyone here. So I don't know if you guys saw, uh, most of you know, I, I have on Roseanne a lot. She's a good friend, good friend of mine. She was on with Bill Maher. And Bill Maher actually said he never heard of Klaus Schwab, the World he Economic Forum, or the Great Pete. Reset. I want to think that thought, was a bit. Do you? I want. I mean, obviously, he was on bit. Epstein Island. Everyone knows that. But I'm yeah. just saying, like, why would he say? I mean, you know, he. Do you think it was a joke, you guys? I don't know. No, Some he's of horribly so, uninformed. I, I don't. I don't think it was. A, oh, sorry, go ahead, Mike. No, he's he's just he's horribly uninformed. He doesn't read anything. Without his writers and producers, he's, he's, un, he's, un, he's uninformed. He's in a bubble. He's yeah. in a he's in a Hollywood bubble. You know, well, it, I, th- I think like- he was trying to make her look crazy. I think he was trying to act like he he's didn't know crazy. what she was talking about, so that she oh, would just go ham on him. And so, that that's what I I mean. Pers- I, that doesn't right. mean that he knows for a fact who Klaus Schwab is. 
but I think that he was deliberately just trying to to bait Roseanne. By the way, Mel, you should you should suggest Union of the Unwanted to Roseanne the next time you talk to her because she would be a phenomenal guest for this program. So. Oh, I'll I'll tell her to go on every one of your shows. I but I'll tell you right now, she's not crazy. She knows what's going on. That's all I love. I'm she's my say. favorite female comic for my entire fucking life, dude. I love Roseanne Barr. I, I well, you you'll know, get I an think... email tomorrow with her on it. But I'm telling <laughs> you right now, she knows what's going on. But that he was saying that that's very disturbing to me because I do know. I I really do know that he was on Epstein Island. So. But what I think what Steve meant was that he was trying to pretend he didn't know to make her look crazy. Not that she was. Yeah. crazy. Yeah, but, yeah, that's exactly, yeah, yeah. To try to make her look like, oh, only crazy people know about he that. He also has, he also has one foot still in hot Hollywood, and that's a big foot, probably wearing red shoes, okay? And, you know, he doesn't want to lose, I mean, I, it's crazy to me, like, he played everything wrong during that strike, and, you know, where he's like, he's going to run, he has so much money, he's been on network television or on a HBO for like 30 years. So, and he doesn't want to lose that. He doesn't. Even though he's got more money, he'll never be able to spend all of it. So he has to play th this game. But it's also what I think. And, and I, I listen, Bill Maher, like for every, like one thing he'll get right, will wake up about the, the vaccines or the, the trans shit. He'll take three steps back with like the elections weren't stolen and I thought, you know, it's just like he just, He's that old school liberal that cannot come to grips. He can't come to grips with that. The Democratic Party isn't the party that he grew up on and that they've been completely uh, just hijacked by the, the Clintons and, you know, and the Koch brothers and the Bushes. Like they're all the same. It's all George Bush death cult, you know, and he can't come to grips with that. And I have a lot of friends in L.A. that can't come to grips with that. They're, they're not happy with the Democratic Party, but they'd rather keep voting status quo than to, to even have the belief that maybe the other side might win. And I, I have no faith in either side, but that's what it is. He just he's this old school liberal that cannot come to grips with what is going on. And I'm sorry, again, like it's all coming out now. You know, this, there was this post about this ex CIA guy who went on, um, some Russian news story and said that, that basically gangster rap was completely astroturfed by the CIA. And like another win for us, another straight win for us. I've been saying this forever. Ice cube is the Larry, the cable guy of hip hop. He's a character. I mean, if you listen to old school, if you listen to old school like Dre, like Let Me Ride, if you listen to the lyrics and you understand that he's a theatrical guy who's closeted gay and you listen to those, you read those lyrics, it is so obvious that he is stereotyping a gangbanger. He's like, I got hollow tips for these bitches. I mean, like, dude, it's all made up bullshit. But he's a great, nobody cares because the beats are so great, but it's all astroturfing. It's all astroturfing. And I just think guys, more and more people are waking up. Like since I, I'm, I'm playing the game on Instagram, like I'll tiptoe, I'll put a little conspiracy stuff on and I'll get a, a billion likes for me. You know, normally I don't get that, but I put something out about, um, ice cube. 
I mean, about NWA being CIA. And you'd be amazed at how many people agreed. And then, like, it was either super young people that were calling me boomers, even though that music is from my generation, you dumb motherfuckers. Like, I listened to that shit coming out on the radio. I'm not listening to it on Spotify 30 years later, okay? Or it's, like, super liberals who just cannot come to grips that they got lied to and that their bullshit meter didn't catch it. And it's like, but people are waking up to it every day. The, 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 the Derek Chauvin shit that just came out where an FBI informant fucking kill. I mean, like, you can't run. Like, we're winning left and right. And they're slowly out. The, the biggest thing they get is they're just going to detach and not pay attention to it all. But a lot of people are waking up because I see more and more of my mainstream friends talking conspiracies on their podcasts. Well, how about the reentry of Seth Rich last week? And I'm like, what? <laughs> they're rolling out the Seth Rich story out of nowhere. They're rolling. I mean, I well, don't know what is so going on, to, but there's a lot of disclosure and people's eyes that never paid attention to any of this stuff. One after another, after another. So I think it's like both sides are fighting a battle of like, they're trying to stop the truth and something else is trying to push it. But with what you're saying, Sam, it's like, okay, well now Seth Rich. And then somebody says to me, I do my show on Wednesday night. And there's people that are like, well, what happened with Seth Rich? I'm like, you don't know about Seth Rich? And you don't know about the, the DNC and the hack and that it wasn't the Russians? And people don't know. People are watching January 6th footage. They're like, wait, this is real? I mean, yeah. this didn't. So it's one after we are dealing with a mind war. This is uh, Colonel Aquino couldn't have predicted anything better, except for he didn't expect that there would be enough people on the side of good that would see it. And, and that's what I think that, that we're dealing with, like, truth versus, versus lies. And truth doesn't need to be defended. True lies need to be defended. So they can put Jen Psaki out there and all these lunatics and this KJP. Like, this, this Karen Jean-Pierre, she lies like it's never going to end. The other side for these people is so going bad. to be hell. And, and I look forward to it because it's not left or right Republican. You're, you're lying to the people about things they need to know to take care of their families and their futures. It's so disgusting at this point. But like to your point, Sam, a lot's coming out that people didn't know. And now they're saying, well, what is that about? Or what is that about? And we have the answers. And I think that we're very lucky as much as when you started Unity the Unwanted three and a half years ago and we were all being banned. Now people are seeking us out wherever they can find us. And that, so, that's hey, good Steve, real quick. I mean, Pizzagate and then, and then you can go. Pizzagate is the best example that I, I have very mainstream friends of mine that I, I love to death. And they're like, you don't believe in pizza. I go, okay, so what? you don't believe that something happened in a basement because you don't believe the basement is real. Even though there's articles of him talking about how he stores tomato cans in the basement. Okay, fine. Let's just take that off. There's nothing happening in the basement. Jeffrey Epstein. Jeffrey Epstein is Pizzagate, whether you all believe it or not, and you just see them sit there quietly. It is a giant pedophile ring used to blackmail people in Hollywood. Done deal. It's over, okay? My show wouldn't be growing if I, if I was batting 115, right? The fact that I'm at 950 and a batting average with everybody here is a sign that things keep growing. While while friends of mine's podcasts, and I love them all, I hear all the comedy podcasts, there's a lot of them going down. Because, you know, everyone played this game the wrong way. And, you know, and 
I don't know if they'll ever see me as the fu- as a normal guy, which hopefully they won't. But at the same time, it's like they all know I was right, man. They talk about I hear it all the time. They always like, yeah, Triple E was right about that. So you know, I I, I think we're winning, guys. It may not see because. They have to, this is the death rattle. And Mel K's right. It's like they're pushing harder than ever, but they're getting so much resistance back from everybody. And, you know, I know they want this war. You know, Mel came on my show, talked about the immigration rights, which seems to be on schedule right now. But I think people are going to, this is going to be people waking up and coming out the other end. I just really do believe that. Steve, what do you want to say? I think it's, oh, sorry. Oh, I, no, I was just going to add a little bit to the Seth Rich thing, but uh, because they're going to Vaughn's list almost all of it, like there's only a little teeny tiny bit that's ever actually going to get released. But your point, Sam, the uh, I saw an announcement uh, about the uh, the largest nuclear facility in the United Kingdom getting hacked and how immediately, you know, sources say groups connected to russia and china and almost all of the comments are people going this is cyber polygon we're on to you nobody's buying it go fuck yourself all this that and the other so i mean you're you're right yes the 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 amount of tricks that they can pull on people have got to either become more elaborate or so constant that people can't get their heads around them because the old shit just isn't hitting like it used to. Well, Steve, that's a, you're right about getting your heads around it. I think it's important for us to remember that this is a process for people to come that come to this information that you don't just figure it all out all at once. It, it, it you, it's hard to wrap your head around it, and you start to get it in little pieces here and there, and it builds on itself, and then you start to ask more questions. And we've gotten through three and a half years of lies, and even like the general public is like, this is bullshit. Like this is obvious junior varsity level propaganda. And and, and if this is a lie, what else is a lie? And it starts them down this path. Now that process is, it differs for each person. Some people like, you know, we're the types that went straight down the rabbit hole and other people need it in little bites and little pieces. So they'll come to this information when they come to it. And I think we need to be mindful of that and not set unrealistic expectations but it's a good thing that people are starting to wake up to it for sure and it's only a matter of time before they start asking the right questions and hopefully we can position ourselves to be in a spot where we're there to say hey we'll take a listen to what we're, we're talking about and see what you think of that and if they like it then they'll stay and if it doesn't connect with them they'll go find something else but the fact that we've been so throttled that we haven't even been an option i think in a weird roundabout way is a compliment because it shows that we are a viewed as an actual threat to them, that the information is something that they, they need to suppress because otherwise there may be problems. So that's, I mean, I guess on the one hand, good for us, right? But it's still kind of a problem when it comes to monetizing these things or growing our subscribers or growing our reach. We know that we're being held back and that's a shitty feeling, but what are we going to do? We're not going to stop doing it. Right. It's well, even going to keep evolving also because right. uh, Sam yeah, is we'll doing be better his, for his it. chaos twins thing. You're doing TNT radio. Uh, Steve is recreating his uh, different. He's got multiple shows now. Monica's doing different stuff. Everyone is expanding. This is where this happens. And, and this should be happening everywhere. I've been saying to everyone, you know, I was in Hollywood for 22 years as a writer. And I'll tell you right now, 
uh, people are done. People are that aren't on our side. They they are turning down deals. I had two friends, these Latino gangsters that had a pilot at Amazon. They went in after the strike ended. They sit down with two 28 year old assholes from God knows where, telling them that they have to change their pilot, which is a true life story. And these guys got up and walked out of the room. Six million dollar deal. They don't they don't even care. And it's happening everywhere. And it's happening on all fronts. And the truth is, we have to keep recreating. We have to take back the arts. We have to take back teaching. We have to take back all of this. But it's got to be proactive. And it's got to be in steps. And when I saw Charlie going on TNT and then Sam doing the children's thing and everyone's doing different things, it's like go co-opt everything that there is. Because you know what they did to all of the all of this stuff, it, whether it's media, news, Hollywood, music, teaching, uh, engineering, they got rid of all the talent. They got rid of anyone that wouldn't follow the line. They got rid of anyone that wasn't going for woke, DEI. And guess what? It shows. And people are dying for good stuff. So I'm watching everyone figure it out. And so what Jason was saying earlier, yeah, he's saying that. But now he went from having his own show on Rockfin and YouTube to being on two different channels with people totally on the right. So like everything's evolving. People just have to keep seizing every opportunity and making it their purpose to be a part of the solution wherever they find the opportunity. And and all, everyone here on this on the screen right now is being handed opportunities that they weren't before, or at least making them happen. And it's gonna it's gonna just keep growing. Mel, well, we're being forced. Up what Steve to be, was saying because of. Sorry, you should have those people on a union of the unwanted. We should have like an arts one or like a Hollywood one of people, even if they're like blacked out and have like weird voices just to hear a little truth since you're obviously you know yeah sam and i can probably pull on a bunch of people that, i mean roseanne will probably come on here but the truth is that we have to take back all of this stuff it, it, we, they didn't just they didn't just call the military and the education system and and you know the they they called the advertising agencies they called the pr firms they got rid of everyone that that had a voice in academia i mean we're talking about we got to rebuild and and i but i see everyone on that is on the screen right now is rebuilding in different directions than they were before and keeping what they have and and i think a lot more people are doing that as well the other big win is is the, just the bad government that's going on. I mean, the pendulum is swinging. You can see it all over Europe and the in South Africa, here in Canada. I mean, the, it, the pendulum is swinging. Tease might be able to sort of confirm some of this from what I'm seeing in Canada, but they're, they're doing such a bad job at governing. That's waking people up. I mean, the climate scam is waking people up. People paying carbon, like a hundred bucks a month in carbon tax in Canada. They can't afford their fucking groceries. And the inflation's through the roof and rent is through the roof and the the housing market is a mess. I mean, and this is all like the liberal government's been in since what, 2015 in Canada, I guess. I mean, that's waking up people at a whole different level. And then they're seeing, well, this climate stuff seems bullshit. Then they start looking into that. And then maybe COVID was bullshit too. I mean, it's happening from a whole other level. They can't even govern good enough to not wake people up on that respect. Do you, do you see that, Tease, uh, in your area? Oh my God! Sorry, you're still you're still you're, you're wobbly. I I threw it at you. Can you unplug that mic and just use the computer? I mean, regular computer bill. Yeah, yeah that works. Yeah, stop with that mic. Throw it out yeah. in the garbage. Yeah, no, I, I I've been quiet the entire time because <laughs> it's like I can't talk because there's fuzziness and then I sound like a freaking robot. So whatever. Anyway, this is regular computer mic. Am I noticing that the government's so fucked up that everyone who like 
exist in Normieville is having to look in the funny mirror and just pretend that it isn't that that much. Yeah, it's awful. Uh, I don't know. I, it's, I've I've quoted the whole Tropic of Thunder line that you know they're going full retard on purpose, and I still stand by that. I think that that's essentially the situation they're in. They're they're partly this dumb because they're just this dumb. But then there's the other side of it where it's like they've. They just have front-end useful idiots conjoined with people who have, like, control files, and that's the entire infrastructure that exists anymore. So it's like a thing that secretes incompetence the more that you put pressure on it. What do they mold that into over time? And that's kind of the conversation now is like, hey, how do we take the reins of that rather than just be on the receiving end of it? And it's one of those things where I think they're going full retard on purpose. The question is, how do they apply pressure later to try and mold us into form based on what they've secreted rather than us stepping forward and being all like, no, fuck that bullshit. We're going to get together and build an exit. So it's, it's pretty straightforward. I think it's, it's empowering that this many people are waking up because of their bullshit. Yeah. And I'm not saying that I'm not saying I trust the, the, the pendulum swing either. I mean, I don't trust politicians on either end. I mean, during COVID, it wouldn't have mattered who was in charge in Canada, but at least they're saying the right things. I mean, they might be lying to us because they're, you know, they're, they're pretending to be sort of for freedom, but, but it's, but it is waking up to, you know, the amount of people that might, they might have that sort of that consciousness wild card that, that they can't control after you wake up so many people, there's going to be, a, there's going to be a revolution. We just don't know when and how far they're going to push it before it happens. Okay. Yeah, no, that's, that's a great point. I guess I'll just, I'll, I'll kind of tell you like what I meant up this way. It's like where they're going to get us versus where we're supposed to go and what they're trying to accomplish with keeping us in a cage that they know the infrastructure of like it's immediate constraints is breaking away and they know we're going to pivot. It's like, if you're letting cows out to pasture, there's a, there's another fence out there. You know, we think we've made that progress in the inevitable kind of like way in which we've been given that illusion. And if you look at the way in which they've broken down like 50 to 100 year periods of time and game planned them and, and war planned that kind of like dissipating infrastructure of what the like what they're using to keep us as cows. Yeah. So I think it's just that the paradigm shift is going to be so profound that it's really difficult to try and pin that down in the now. Add like five to 10 years. They've wargamed that shit. We haven't even talked about it yet. And so I think it exists in that sort of realm. And that's what I mean with they turn us into the secretion and the putty that they pummel later. They just did this like experimental injection on the civilian population in a carte blanche way that gives them all kinds of different things. Overlapped with consciousness and, and talking points and algorithms and all these different things. So it's like, what are they making in the future using the tools that we don't understand and we're on the receiving end of that as the recipe. We're the cow. So it's one of those things where it's like, I'm I'm kind of humbled by what we've been through, but I'm also in, in awe of what they have to have planned to go full retard like this. That. That's my concern for next year. As more more people start to wake up, you see with like how they seem dumbfounded that uh, like on, on the uh, Democratic side that they have received backlash uh, over... Israel versus Palestine, and now they're like their own voters are calling uh, Joe Biden genocide Joe, and they don't really know how to respond. I'm I'm suspecting something like that will happen on the Republican side at some point next year to totally fracture whatever kind of cohesion there may be uh, moving into 2024. And um, as people start to wake up, as whatever that means, as more information comes out, whether it's stuff from 
Jeffrey Epstein and getting that client list out or things from Seth Rich. Uh, it could be too much information for people to digest in a, a cohesive way because uh, it might be just throwing them in a, a spiral of I don't know what to do, so what the heck. And at that point, the, the rulers of this reality might just turn off the lights for uh, a few weeks and just kind of call it a reset at that point, and then they'll clean up the pieces after that. So next year, I don't think it's going to be a cakewalk. Yeah, there might be some small inroads made here with information and technically people waking up, but what are they doing with the information? They might be aware of it, but what are they really doing with it? Well, it's very dangerous right now because what what you guys, because I do know what the right's happening. The right is a disaster. They are all fighting each other like rabid animals. The, the, the DeSantis people versus the Trump people, it is like nothing you've ever seen. There is no right at, at all that's some kind of cohesive unit. There is the alternative right media who seem to be some kind of conglomerates that make millions and millions of dollars going after this. Uh, and just like the left, it's like the, this whole thing. I feel like Act Act Blue and Win Red, they're the same thing. They're just billion-dollar corporations that are trying to keep, keep the illusion going that there's two sides. Like, they're going to ruin democracy. They're going to ruin democracy. They're going to – and it, it's total insanity. There is – I just – I really feel the next – year is going to be total chaos conflict chaos whatever and it's going to be the strongest people inside that have inside that have real strong convictions beliefs understand what's going on that will unite in some kind of fashion that will because the far left and the far right and i'm not even talking far i'm talking like 30 percent of both sides to the middle will probably cohese <laughs> get together and realize that you know, we we got to leave them behind. We got to leave them behind. Right now, it's about freedom because honestly, I believe this twenty twenty four election. You can argue about abortion or the border or guns after we save this country from becoming a globalist cog in a wheel. Because what they want right now, if you go to all their websites, like like uh, I always I always uh, half tip uh, Charlie Robinson in all my speeches I do, and I say uh, it's the octopus of global control. And the bottom line is that octopus is very visible right now. And it wasn't when Charlie wrote the book and it wasn't when we started talking about it. But it is right now because Agenda 2030, 17 Sustainable Development Goals are obviously meant to enslave uh, on a totalitarian world level, some kind of Hunger Games world where these lunatic psychopaths will be running the world in a full track and trace surveillance full modification, full behavior control, no freedom, technocracy. And the whole no. world knows it. No, I'd be curious to get your Hollywood friends take, uh, and you too, Sam, on predictive programming, the usage oh, of it. I got because a lot it feels to say. like there's, it feels like, you know, we you see this. You might as well ask them about Mandarin Chinese at that point. They, they, mean, like, they wouldn't see they it, They have right? no clue what we're talking about. They have no clue, bro. They have no I just like, wonder if there's one person who's on the set. Like, if there's like, you know, there's always I'll one I'll talk guy. about it. I'll talk about it for a second because I'm doing a show with Frank from Quite Frankly. A lot of you might oh, know him. Best. I had him on. We're doing a show this week about predictive programming. I, I reached out to him and I go, we got to do a show about it. I've done them with Jay Dyer, too. There's something going on. There's a guy named Jeff Skoll out there. He's a World Economic Forum guy. He's produced all the movies that tell you that the climate uh, is being destroyed by humans. Like, uh, you know, like, what's that? The oil movie. Uh, Matt Damon's in a lot of his movies. But if you go and you look up this guy, I think his company, 
I can't remember right now. Participant media. Okay, so they've been putting out tons of movies for years, all programming. Also, the other thing Jay Dyer and I talked about recently was for the last about 10 years, the biggest series, right, where we're rooting for the hero. The hero is a total sociopath, psychopath, demented character. So, you know, we're talking about Walking Dead. We're talking about Ozark. We're talking about, uh, you know, um, uh, uh, what's it called? Better Call Saul. We're talking about like all these shows, all these here. They're, they're normalizing psychopaths. They're normalizing criminality. They're normalizing materialism. I worked in, in, in reality TV, unfortunately, when it started the first season of Big Brother and stuff. Those reality shows are programming. I, I am telling you, I've been saying it for 20 years. They, they, they've been making us demoralized, dehumanized. There's so much going on. I mean, you can't not watch. Remember right when the COVID started, Contagion, that movie, and The Walking Dead were the two top trending shows on Netflix, and, and you're, you're watching this and you're seeing this and, um, you know, Breaking Bad, I think it's probably the finest writing of a series ever and probably acting as well. But we're rooting for serious, demented psychopaths. And, and you know, me, me and Jay were going back and forth. He's like, well, I've never talked about this before. How like all these streaming shows, they're normalizing evil. They're normalizing. You're cheering on Dexter. I mean, and, get, and, and, and getting rid of the hero's journey. And getting rid of the important mythical hero's right. journey, right? You're the hero like Frodo or or Luke Skywalker, you know. Right, exactly. Fighting the fighting the the worst evil in the world, you know, to save the world. That's gone. Now they're just glorifying criminals. Yeah, and making it normal and making you root for them. <laughs> you know, I'm watching. We, I, 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 before all this chaos and before I started the show and everything, I still actually was a writer and I. We had a pilot and all this stuff going on. And I went back during COVID because I had the time to watch all these series from pilot to last episode. And I am telling you that there has been, and, and I know a lot of writers that have won Emmys and Oscars in the past, they haven't been able to get hired in 15 years. And and not because they, they're just not willing. There's certain guys, and Sam knows this and anyone that's in this world, that want to continue to work. So they're going to bend a little bit, but Hollywood needs a little bit. They're not concerned with making money. But I am telling you that there is a concerted effort to turn us into depraved, uh, more immoral people that are okay with throwing our our neighbors into gulags. Yeah, I, see I there agree. Is some kind of thing like that. I'm Walking Dead is the best example. I feel like they put that thing out so that during the COVID, if it worked out the way that they hoped, we would be like, just shoot them in the head. Yeah, it's it's crazy, and so. What's happening right now is this like this illusion that the um, that, you know, Hollywood's getting fed, uh, you know, they're losing money. They got to change it up. You know, going back to what Jay said earlier, I, I, I think it's going to be so hard for them because right now what they're trying to do with this this SAG writer strike, this writer strike that they just they want to blame it on all the young writers. So what they did was like, hey, man, we got to get rid of these young writers. Because they're writing all the woke stuff. So we're going to make the writer's room smaller so we'll get rid of the fringe guys. But even though that's all they were asking for, they only bought woke shit. 
So that's why all these guys got hired because they're like, hey, dude, I got this story about a bisexual porcupine who's a, who learns the value of life. It's a really important kid show that we want to run. Oh, yeah, we'll buy it. We'll buy it. I have friends of mine who are kind of woke who would complain about going and pitching shows and they would be like, yeah, we're not working with white guys right now. And they would be like, uh, well, yeah, you know, and they wouldn't be like, that's the, they wouldn't shout to anybody who would listen about what kind of bullish shit this is. But the biggest problem is, is that the people on the top see how much, how much money they're losing. But below them is such fucking rot right now from, I mean, every level is just full with woke rot. To the point that they brought back She-Hulk 2, like the second season of that, which was nobody watched and universally panned. But because there's so much rot there that these people don't know any other way of operating because that's why they got hired to for woke rot shit. And it goes back to this thing that's not an anti-woman thing, but it goes back to this thing where I was watching Lauren Chen, who I don't know if she's on the Daily Wire or uh, Blaze TV, but she has a really great show. And she was talking about women in Hollywood and how she went back to this story about Legos and this research that Legos did. Legos wanted to find out about how, like, boys and girls play with toys. And this, to me, says everything. So they found out when a boy plays with Lego, let's say it's a Batman Lego piece, the boy plays with it as Batman. Batman's fighting crime. Batman's doing all this. But when girls play with the toys, they play with it as it's themselves, meaning this isn't Batman. This is Amy. Amy's going shopping. Amy's going to kiss the boy. It doesn't matter what the toy is. It could be Batman, but it's uh, so now. You take, and I see this in comedy all the time. When we go, how come there's no women in the lineup? Well, you do what you don't know is I asked a thousand of them and they're too busy making money. They don't want to do the stupid little show because the minute a, a female comic gets any clout, bang, she's gone, right? So they don't want to hear any of that because that's what, that's why when you're pitching a show to a, 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 a female executive, she wants to put a woman in it, make them gay. Okay. That's what happens. Because they have to see themselves in the fucking show. And that's nothing against women. We're just getting the these the we're seeing more and more and more and more of these of these of this research coming out saying that this is the issue. Yeah, and it's not about women, and that is true. And and I'm a, I'm a little older than you, Sam, but I will tell you what, there was some kind of like when 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 Ovitz came out in the nineties and did that interview with Vanity Fair and he said the gay mafia took over Hollywood and they ruined his life. Uh, he meant it, and and then and then there was the next phase of the lesbian gay mafia that took over Hollywood, and then there was another phase. And in again, like I go back to a lot of the stuff again that's in Charlie's book and other people's books and other, uh, you know, I know uh, Graham also puts this shit. Uh, I'm sorry, this stuff out there. But I'm telling you right now that this is all mind control. Yeah. It's, it's all mind control. We are yep. right about this. And I'm telling you this that the things that they were having trend on Netflix during the lockdown were on purpose. And uh, there yep. is no way that Walking Dead and and Contagion were trending one and two during the first four weeks of COVID. Uh, you know what was trending the the month before lockdown was Utopia. And then they fucking yanked it. 
and they didn't want anybody to see it and put the fucking dots together. So they're like, no, here's Walking Dead. Here's Contagion. And Tiger King. That aspect of it, but don't learn anything. But on the other hand, there was a ton of Ted Kaczynski stuff that time, at that time. And I started right before it happened. I was like, I should probably get some dried food or a chicken. And then it happened. I was like, somebody put that in my head. I guess I'm on I'm on one team or another. And this is really a culture war. They understand that you control culture. That's how you control the people. You talked about rap music. You talk about, I mean, if it's fashion, if it's art. I mean, art's been a huge influence in like blurring the line of like what is morally right or wrong or just what blurring the line just about everything. What's gender? What's, you know, I'm all for, you know, uh, uh, asking questions and, and being curious and, and going against the narrative. But it's quite obvious that like certain lines are being blurred on purpose and, and not because they're just, you know, they should be blurred. I mean, a woman, for example, like how about we do a, a hero movie with a woman and her superpower is raising children and b- being a good mother. Like, that's a great, you, you, to me, that's a superpower. I mean, women are amazing at those things. We shouldn't be looking at it as like, oh, we're, we're restricting them, right? Like, no, we're not restricting them. They have amazing powers that we should be celebrating. And, you know, if you want to do other things, that's great too. But let's not diminish the importance of those things. You know, like anybody who's ever run a business or been a part of a business, they know that like all businesses need uh, people who complement each other, right? Like if, if I'm a people's person, I don't need to hire somebody else who's a people's person. I need to hire somebody who's good with numbers because, you know, uh, because I'm an immigrant and, and I'm not, I, I didn't do very good in school. So like I need somebody who compliments me. Well, that's how a marriage is, right? Like or, or a relationship, right? It's like the male brings, uh, in most cases, certain traits to that, uh, to that family and that upbringing of that child. And a woman brings certain traits and there's nothing wrong with celebrating those differences. And I think that's a huge, you know, to, um, to maybe plug a little, uh, you know, we plugged one show. Let's plug another show tonight. Uh, Tease, uh, show, uh, Conspiracy Synergy. He had a, a amazing clip that I, uh, clipped out and shared on, uh, social media and on, um, a bunch of video platforms of, of just talking about culture and the importance of culture. And in that little segment that, uh, that I, uh, was speaking in, um, you know, I talked about how, like, we shouldn't, you know, a lot of times it's like we talk about like, oh, you know, like, oh, we have a lot more in common than we think, you know, and that's true. That is true. And there's something beautiful about understanding that, that no matter what part of the world you're from, uh, was somebody snoring? Sorry. I'll, I'll stop talking soon. But, uh, <laughs> and I heard somebody taking a deep breath. Uh, but it, you know, the thing is like, it's, I'm all for doing two things, like understanding that in, in many, in most cases, we have a lot more in common than we think, but there's also nothing wrong with celebrating our differences. And I, I love meeting people from other countries. I'm a, I'm an immigrant. A lot of my friends are from like Lebanon. I mean, today I was talking to a guy from Israel at, at soccer practice. He, we, we always end up talking and, and, you know, I love to get his input on what's going on in the world and whatnot. I have friends from, from Estonia. I have friends from Ukraine. I have friends from El Salvador and I love celebrating their cultures. Also trying to understand where, where the perspectives are coming from and understanding like, okay, what, you know, what's your moral compass look like? Why do you have these worldviews? And those are things that we should, we shouldn't dismiss. We should look to understand the other, you know, somebody we disagree with. And that's to a certain extent. But, but I want to say, Ricky, you know, what you're saying is totally true, but we should also be proud that we're all American. 
And and that's what's left out of this. We as much as we should be proud of where we're from. I'm very proud of being Italian and and everything else that I am, but uh, at the same time, I think that we've discounted the fact that we we're very lucky to have been born in the United States of America, and I I really don't think that a lot of American citizens really take personally what's happening to this country. If every American citizen looked at what's happening to this country and thought these globalist assholes are trying to destroy our country from within and and make us Venezuela and everyone really understood the big picture and stood up and said, "You know what? You're not going to do this to America." And we all really believe that, uh, we'd be in a lot better shape. We've been fed this diet of diversity, 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 but the truth of the matter is uh the the cohesiveness which is again i think what's still happening with the with the open society and the un and all what wef and all the encouraging all of this illegal immigration whatever you want to call it i had a debate with pasta today about it it was it was it was not a good one but i have to tell you <laughs> at the end of the day we should be very proud to be americans and i think that's a problem but isn't is that, that is that we're not standing in, in that in, we're not looking at that as you know what we're about 300 years old and we've done a pretty good job for 300 years no but i agree with you and and i think that one's not different than the other because it's funny because growing up i you know i always looked at like nationalism as like a a, a problem because i would i was very anti-war that was kind of one of the first topics that i was really passionate about and i'm like oh you know you're convincing these people to go kill other people just because of nationalism you know that was a very some simplistic way of looking at it but that that's what initially the way i looked at it and then especially during covid you know you would see you're like the people who are standing up against you know the government who are outspoken are they're very patriotic and and it, it got to a point where i'm like okay like there is this and i would get people and i'm sure many of you guys had people from overseas reaching out to you and a lot of people from overseas even my family in france my family in in portugal they would they would talk about how like they felt like if america bowed down then the rest of the world's gonna bow down that we were like the last hope and and i'm like you know i kind of see that i i i understand that and i think like it's not like i'm i'm proud of being portuguese i was born in portugal um you know uh, whatnot and but the thing is like I'm also proud of being from this country that gives me the opportunity to be who I am and and have m- my culture, right? So it's like if I'm uh, a Catholic or Jewish or Muslim or whatever I am, we can live in communities near each other. And this government doesn't just represent my culture and religion or in community in my way of life but it, it protects and represents all of us and i think that's what's important so when you're when you're you know talking about the importance of american american values it's not that doesn't just mean like you said just like christian values or whatever values like it means everybody's values like everybody has the right to live the, the way that they want and having those freedoms and that's why freedom and censorship is is, is one uh oh crime uh sam's jumping off sorry but uh but that's why that is important and and i don't the way i look at patriotic people is much different today than it was you know years ago and i don't know if other people have had similar transitions but so there's 
there's a lot i mean there's a lot to to unpack there and what i have noticed is that some of my friends that are older who had boomer parents or a little bit older parents or whatever the their their concept of america and patriotism is rooted in that like 1950s norman rockwell kind of concept of what america is and what the institutions are and then there's at least from reagan on or Bill Clinton, or fucking George H.W. Bush, I'm here to ring in and announce the New World Order on. And the, that's, you know, I mean, you could go, okay, well, Kennedy or whatever, but I, the the mythos uh, of America, or the mythos of that patriotism is, is I, I'm, I'm not, I don't want to say antiquated, but it's not, it has nothing to do with the country that now 40 year olds you know have lived in for their whole entire life and so i understand where a lot of those people are coming from what the point that i always try to make when people shit on any sort of notion of patriotism or something like that is that if you're going to look at me and tell me that you know you are not a representation of your government because your government doesn't represent you then you can at least understand that that doesn't have to define what your patriotism is because brother i can promise you nobody has ever felt like their government has ever fully represented them but they've had a core set of of you know overall national ideals that the people elected to uphold regardless of what the people in perceived positions of power were telling them to do or how to act and that's important and that can give you a kind of national spirit that you can hold on to and at least some things that you can strive for along the way if you've got people that are working in concert to to make it fucking better i mean that's true i i really also think that um what you're saying, what we're all saying, too, is we got to redefine it. I think everyone here, at least I, I'm pretty sure everyone here, especially the, the Americans here, understand that we, we took a bad path. I really look back at uh, the, the PNAC years, and right pre-9-11, uh, and like the Rumsfeld, Cheney, all that. And I think, what morons? We should have been... We should be building the the counter Belt and Road Initiative, and and, and you know and, and developing nations and building ports and, and, and we because we could have exported liberty and freedom and and our values and instead China went and did it and they exported communism and socialism and whatever else. But at the end of the day, uh, our leadership failed us, and that's why I think anyone that's doing the hero worship thing now or thinks we're going to vote our ways our way out of this nightmare is wrong. I, I mean, think I that's really a very that. generous assessment of that, that they're morons. I made a mistake. I mean, they absolutely set that thing up for their own benefit. And I would even say, I mean, at a certain level of the, you know, the tiers of the chessboard, they own China, too. Like they, they can debate between whether they have the multipolarity or, you know, an other form of the next gen of this. But I think right. they benefit from the chaos and all of that. They're not... I mean, that, you're pointing to the actual problem, which is, you know, they don't love us. They're not of us. They are not our, it's a pathocracy. They are not representing right. us. And you're right. Like George Santos is representing LA. I People mean, Long he, Island. Uh, Long Island. Yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, and that's the truth. I mean, you've done shows also with Ian Davis, who I think is brilliant. And the truth of the matter is that we have a a globalist billionaire oligarchy multinational public private partnership running the world right now and there's about 20,000 of them and all the rest of us are living in their world and we can turn that thing upside down if people really understood because i think there's a righteous indignation in thinking that these arrogant assholes uh are going to tell the rest of the world what to do and and you know uh, the problem with our country is they hear public private partnership and they think they're the public <laughs> Not that Charlie didn't write a whole book about it, but yeah. I mean, the truth is that we're allowing this to happen. And 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 that's, you know, that's the struggle. I think even Jason Burmis, when he was on, that's the struggle he's talking about, is that the people of the of the United States of America, at least, we have two Canadians here, but the United States of America, they have no idea who the enemy is. They think the enemy is their neighbor. They think it's the government. It's not true. The government's totally captured, and, and and that's why the battle's so hard. It's going to get worse, but I honestly think more and more people are going to realize that uh, our country's like ruling class of so sorts is a captured entity, and then they're going to demand to know who captured them and why. I really Charlie, do I know you're going to you're going to wrap, so I'm going to take this opportunity to um, point Please. to a show I did recently <clears throat> on my feed is deep dives with Monica Perez and. So with an author I've been trying to get for so long, and a friend of mine, James, tracked him down, uh, Guido Preparata, who wrote Conjuring Hitler, The Ideology of Tyranny, and other, I mean, the guy is a genius. He was a professor at the Pontifical, the Gregorian Pontifical University in the Vatican, and I'm like, mm. but he's not there anymore, and he just has a way of looking at what the true nature of the money power is, and it's so, oh, actually, here, I still have this book on here. He wrote the like outroduction or whatever of um, Sean Stone's book, The New World Order. But um, if you read Conjuring Hitler or whatever, it's that they didn't care that it was uh, like the politics of cultural despair gave rise to a lot of really radical people. And they picked the one that would keep the money structure, the international money structure in place, and they, you know, whatever, pruned away. Um, so I think that an important thing might be for people to kind of level up in the complexity of their thinking about how it really works. And it's just, I, I think that that, I, I will recommend that book, Conjuring Hitler, or even my little show with Guido recently, as it like a mind expanding, and Tease is like, I guess Tease is already there, but <laughs> what Sam was saying is like you've got to build bridges for people to get to these other ways of thinking. So that's my well, that's thank, my plug. Thank you, Monica. Let's go to Tease. <laughs> Tease, uh, where can people find you? Conspiracy Synergy dot com is my guess. Are there other yeah, places? Uh, sorry for the audio issues today. Uh, I would have How loved to you. interrupt all of you more. I think you're wonderful, and thank you for having me on the show. Uh, you're correct that you can find me at Conspiracy Synergy dot com, uh, which to touch on something that was said like an hour and a half ago, is supposed to be uh, an outreach tool for your friends and family. So if you know anyone who's just exiting Normieville and they want a really quick encapsulative, fun, engaging, not quite for children, but hey, if you got teenagers, break them in. And then you can get the next generation off and swimming in the right direction. So check that out at conspiracycenergy.com. And then I also co-host the Wednesday segment of AM Wake Up with Steve. So 
I would uh, second that. I I think conspiracy synergy is perfect for people that are just starting to wake up to this information. You deliver it in a way that is very attainable to them. And I think that that is helpful. And thank you for doing that. And let's uh, follow up with Steve. Uh, How's AM Wake Up? It's the best morning show in the world. That's what I hear. It really is. It's phenomenal. And that's in no small part uh, because of Tisa's Wednesday segments and the stuff that we get running off the ground there. Uh, we also have Ryan Christian, Last American Vagabond, who's the third mic every Tuesday, um, doing a lot of cool stuff. Miriam Hanine is coming back on uh, this week. Uh, the Whiskey, Beer, and Conspiracies fellas are coming through. Um, I just started a show on freeworld.fm, thanks to the amazing Billy Ray Valentine. Uh, so Fridays from 10 a.m. to 1 in the afternoon, uh, the White Phillips show is live on the air. Um, and go to amwakeupshow.com for absolutely everything. I continue to be humbled and blessed to get an email coming on here. And thank you guys for letting me on the, the absolute greatest podcast in the multiverse. Thank you, Steve. We appreciate you and your show is, uh, you know how there's the Today Show? Yours is the Tomorrow Show because the news is like tomorrow's (laughs) news. You know what I mean? But the the three of you aren't sitting around drinking wine like Hoda and Kathy Lee. Uh, Mel Kay, what's cooking on the Mel Kay Show? I think I'm going to come see you pretty soon. Yeah, you're going to see me this week. Uh, Yeah, no, the Mel Kay Show is going great. I'm very blessed. I also want to say I'm very, every time I feel the same way as Steve, I get the email for this. I think this is this is the the key is to get together all these people that at least can be civil and have conversations, which is what I try to do on my show. I try to have on people a lot smarter than me that know a lot more than I do. And uh, I have a live show every night, uh, 7 p.m. on Rumble uh, and many other places where there's free speech available. And um, I'm just uh, I'm very I'm very uh, grateful to all of you. Uh, I really think that these are the best people out there. So thanks so much. Melkshow.com. We appreciate you. And I'll see you in a couple of days. Uh, Graham, what's cooking with Gray America? Hey, yeah. Thanks for the invite. Yeah. Thanks for the invite too. Really appreciate it. I love you all. And it's uh, always a pleasure. So we have, uh, Darren and I are doing like a a weekly stream now called the roundup where we just get into a lot of the current event stuff, kind of like this, but we go through more sort of news stories, a little bit of deconstruction. We just both bring a bunch of, a bunch of shit. So we do that, um, on Rumble and Rockfin and some of it on YouTube too. And then we have a premium half that goes to all the, uh, you know, locals and Substack and all that. But uh, the big thing is uh, the eclipse uh, is coming up in Texas. The path we're in the path of totality. We're doing a mini festival there. So it's in uh, Utopia, April 6th to 9th. So it's with uh, brothers of the serpent, uh, $50 dynasty, the band Ben from uncharted X, Dave Matheson, Luke cavern. So there'll be some like presentations on sort of ancient mystery type stuff. And then a bunch of music, Henry and the invisibles, mostly dead sucker, please. And, and some more bands. So, uh, check that out at contact at the cabin.com. There's going to be probably like three or 400 people. It's not going to be huge, but it'll be good enough for like a, a weekend of, of fun and in the path of totality of the eclipse. So that's the last right one on, in our lifetimes, I think. So hey, listen, there's you can buy these experiences, 
rather than buying stuff. I mean, wouldn't you want to do something like that? You can tell your friends about it forever. It seems like the smartest thing in the world to do. Go, go get out and do that. That sounds like a blast, man. Tell, can oh, yeah, you, no. will you send me more information about that? Yeah. I'm, I'm just crazy enough to, to want to do that. That yeah, sounds yeah. like a lot of fun. Right on. Thanks. Um, I want to mention Jason Burmis, Making Sense of the Madness. You can follow him on Twitter, at Jason Burmis. Also, Sam Tripoli, Tinfoil Hat, Zero, uh, Conspiracy Social Club, a bunch of other ones that I'm forgetting. Go to samtripolilive.com. Sam I want to just search for his name. I don't know. He's there somewhere. Uh, Mike, what's cooking with OBDM? It's, the fa- my fa- it's still my favorite podcast of all time. I'm sorry to everybody else on the panel, including myself. I have, I have a couple of my own, but I still hold OBDM in high regard, and I look forward when I get the Twitch. It's the only channel I have Twitch email notification for when it goes live that I get an email, and I go, oh, okay, I need to like make sure I watch it. So I'm surprised we're still on there. Like uh, they haven't kicked us off. I yet. am too. Uh, um, we're, we stream live to Twitch and Rumble and Twitter, uh, seven p.m. Uh, on Wednesday, and then noon on Saturdays, and covering the news, covering uh, current events, UFOs, and uh, currently my love for Caddyshack too. I'm trying to find a Blu-ray. Oh, it's, a- it's tough to find a Blu-ray of that, but uh, I will find one by year's end. You can go to uh, obdmpod.com or rbigdumbmouth.com. Is Jackie Mason playing Mr. Hartunian in that? Yes, Like yes. he did in The Jerk? Yeah, I actually uh, used ChatGPT uh, the other morning to recreate the characters of Caddyshack 2 in D&D format, second edition. So they now will have all their own character sheets. Um, I'm just going really deep on Caddyshack 2, and eventually I'll create my own role-playing game where you can play as the characters on a, like a tabletop uh, role-playing game, but in the Caddy ta- Caddyshack 2 world. It's going to be great. I can't wait for it. That sounds amazing. Can you people play as a <laughs> as an angry ha- semi present Chevy Chase. Yeah, he probably will be more a, like a like a cleric or a bard, and uh, probably chaotic neutral level seven, uh, high armor class. But uh, yeah, I'm working on that kind of stuff. Getting really nerdy. High He's a ten class, and an asshole. What I understand, Chevy's really thin skinned Well, yeah. high armor class, but a high dexterity. And so, like in D and D, the lower the armor class, the better. And so, the oh, higher oh, the armor no, class, okay, sorry. yeah. yeah. It's, it's been oh. See, this is uh, this is years. this is what I do. Oh, I stay up uh, late at night thinking about UFOs, conspiracies, and weird crap like this. So, and that's why OBDM <laughs> is the best show in the world. That's why because nobody in the nobody else is doing that. If you're not doing it, who will? God I don't know. Uh, Ricky, what's cooking at the Ripple Effect? You know, I'm gonna have I'm gonna play your episode. You the episode I did with you and Mike on Sunday on Macroaggressions, the swap cast that you put out a couple of weeks ago. So um, people might have already heard it, but uh, I'm excited to to have you back on. It was, a great, it was a great conversation about UFOs, aliens, and a lot of, I mean, all these things are kind of interconnected when you think about ancient aliens and, and suppressed technology and spirituality and, and all these things. It's like there there's some dots that need to be connected, and I think we, we connected some of them. It was, it was a really fun discussion. But yeah, the RippleEffectPodcast.com, um, I'm just about everywhere except YouTube. I do have a Clips channel that I neglect because... I hate listening to my own voice and it requires me to listen to myself to do clips and, uh, and basically re-listening to the, just about the whole episode. So it's very time consuming. Um, so, uh, but yeah, there, we do have a YouTube channel. It is a, a official one, but it's just for clips. 
And, uh, and the Ripple Effect podcast is on all the audio and video platforms and I'm on a bunch of social media stuff. I've uh, been a little busy with just, you know, trying to be just, I'm constantly just being a part of the community. I'm coaching my kid and, and both kids in soccer and then now basketball and, and, uh, and then doing podcasts and finding time for the wife and, you know, everything in between. So, uh, it, it's a balancing act, but it's fun. I'd rather be busy than bored. I think we all learned that during the COVID era when, uh, you, you know, people were, were begging just to go back to work because they, they realized that, uh, you know, just being given a check doesn't bring you happiness and, and there's a lot more to life and a lot more purpose to, to seek out. So, um, but yeah, rippleeffectpodcast.com. I can't stop talking and that's why I started podcasts. Mike, please play the music. Perfect. Okay. Oh, that was for Elon. Sorry. We don't need another hero. Uh, sorry. <laughs> You can catch Macroaggressions. My episode right now is with Jeff Warnock, where we talk about the Grateful Dead and the CIA connection and the show that never happened. Uh, TNTradio.live is the place to catch me every Monday through Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, and come to Acapulco, Mexico for the 10th annual Anarchapulco, February 11th through the 16th. I will be the host and MC the entire week, so come see me. Promo code macro. Take care, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Our show with Mike from OBDM is dropping tonight Yay. on the regular show. Nice.